You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. And once again, it is the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I hope this, I have this microphone set up properly this time. We were sounding real awkward last time, but that's no... Boom. Wow. Okay. I'm on it now. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Starting adequate as always. Some people uh, really wanting to be, me to be fairly adequate, and I'm showing it right now because I'm getting incredibly distracted. Uh, let's just get into the rest of the introductions. Uh, Jeremy Reisman is here at Detroit Online. How are you doing, Jeremy? Please talk for a little bit so I can sneeze real quick. I'm doing all right. I am in a half-empty apartment as I prepare to move. I have to be out of this apartment by next week. And then I'll be on the road the following week. Exciting the, stuff. The road to WrestleMania. Nope. Nope. Yes. The road to training <laughs> camp. Which is also WrestleMania. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Ryan Matthews Back is the rock guy. at Ryan underscore P-O-D. Training camp is just WrestleMania, isn't it, Ryan? Let me answer. Uh, nope. I... Ryan. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm here. You going to answer it or is you going to let Jeremy steal your voice? I, he's just the boss. I'm not going to talk over him. Fair enough. But yeah, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so weird how he just tried getting. I, I was like, hey, we've got how nothing else to talk about. In this. When they say like, oh, stop talking about wrestling. There's a Lions podcast. And I'm like, oh, that's actually probably a pretty good. OK, idea. well, you know what? Hey, let's get into the Lions news of the week. All right. What is it? What is we're, it, Jeremy? We just finished. Didn't you hear it? I just finished it. <laughs> And here I'm like, as here going into the planning, I'm like, hey, let's talk about World Cup. There's nothing else going on. And you're like, nope. And you know what? Just means it's time to drop the music. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, let's start our list cap. Let's cast. Continuing on. We did wide receivers last week. Had a lot of opinions about that. Ryan did not have a list cast together. This week, it's cornerbacks. Do you have a list cast, Ryan? Uh, I know we're doing one. Okay, let's just leave it like that. Now, we're going to try a different format this time to make it a little shorter. As we can tell, we don't really have too much of this POD cast. We are doing list cast, we're doing Wayback Machine, and then we're doing Mailbag, and maybe we'll do like a grab bag in there or some other stuff going on in the wide, wide world of sports. There isn't really much in Lions news other than a lot of Lions fans on Twitter getting mad about Matt Stafford and comparisons. So it is officially the end of June, pretty much, is what I'm saying. With that in mind, this week we are doing cornerbacks. Now, as I said, we're doing a different format this time. I'm going to give, let Jeremy go first. He is going to give me 10 to 6 on his list of cornerbacks. And then at the end of that, if we have questions or want him to explain a certain uh, person real quick, he will be able to do it. Otherwise, I want no more than one sentence on each of your entries, Jeremy. You got that? Yes, sir. Sir. Yes, sir. Sir. I'll never be called sir again in my life. All right. Start us off. All right, well, I'm going to preface this, and I know this is already going against the rule, by saying, by, by bringing up Darius Slay's list, because I think it's kind of interesting to compare what he's got to I, what I've got. Certainly, he knows more about the cornerback position than I hold do. Hold up, hold up. He had, he had a list, and we're not having him on for list cast? I couldn't get him, you know? Damn. Uh, back in January, he posted his top four. He said five, but it's really just four. He goes, Akeem Tlaib, number one, Richard Sherman, number two, Patrick Peterson, number three, Chris Harris, number four. And then he says, number five can be a lot of guys. I not only don't have any of those four in my top five, but I only have three of those four on my list at all, which is interesting. But he also says, these four guys have been doing it for the longest on the highest level. You can't disrespect guys like that. That's where I think my list differs is I'm not going based on full resume. I'm going based on what I think they're going to play like in 2018. So I have You're a lot going of on young blood hype. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kind of like my wide receiver list. So with that in mind, number 10, Arizona Cardinals cornerback Patrick Peterson. Love the guy. He's, he's been one of my favorite players. He's one of the few guys who gave Kelvin Johnson fits when he was in the league, but he's old. Number nine, Chris Harris, another guy on Darius Slay's list. Again, he's done it for a while, but to me, it's just, just, it's not that he's not good anymore. It's just that there's some of these younger players that are, that are really rising up quickly and quarterbacks can really fall off the mark very quickly. Like we talk about a guy like Darrell Revis, number one at the game for a while and then completely. One, off the one sentence. Yeah, stop. <laughs> you can do these that, later. That's, that's not how this works. We're discussing. I know, I know, things. but I want you to get through it, and then we can get into these comments. Or forget about it. Anyways, Akib Talib, my number eight. Marcus Peters, my number seven. Xavier Rhodes, my number six. All right, now you can get into notes that you might have. Those are good cornerbacks. I like them. So you got Xavier Rhodes at six. I didn't see Darius Slay on this. Am I am I assuming you're putting you're, you're putting Rhodes on here, but you're putting Slay obviously probably higher. We'll discuss that when he's when I go through my entire list. 
All right. All right. I'm just trying to, Ryan, do you have any notes you want to add about what he was just saying? I, who does he have 10 through six? I didn't even hear. <laughs> That's a, well, of course you didn't. Patrick Peterson, number 10, Chris Harris, number nine, Akib Tlaib, number eight, Marcus Peters, number seven, Xavier Rhodes, number six. One of those guys is in on my list. Yep. Same. All right, fine. I'll do this. I'll try to show you how it's done. Number 10, <laughs> Akib Tlaib. Really good. Getting old, but you know what? Still, he, he ran back 103 yard interception last year. Wah. Number nine. Don't think anyone else has named him. Patrick Robinson, probably the best slot corner right now with a Super Bowl winning team. Number eight, Casey Hayward stepped up quite well last year. Not much else to say there. Number seven, Darius Slay. Probably lower than some of the other guys, but I've got good reasons for that. And my number six, Chris Harris. Old, still doing it, probably getting downgraded on some other lists here because he's now playing for the Broncos who are Tridash, but he's good. There. That's what I've got. Not bad. Not bad. We're going to talk about Darius Slay now, or you, why don't we just let Ryan, Ryan, why don't you do your uh, 10 to six then? And then we can get, yeah, for sure. Um, So I have at number 10, I have Patrick Peterson. Uh, He's, he's a guy who I thumped for, for a long time, but I think father time is finally catching up with him. Uh, Number nine, I have Akib Tlaib. Be interesting to see how he does in, Los Angeles, uh, especially. I mean, he, he played really well with Chris Harris, but now he has um, who's the other guy that's in town there in Los Angeles? Uh, this oh, is all one uh, sentence. Yeah, it's not Casey. It's not Trevor Williams. Oh, it's Marcus Peters from Marcus the, Peters. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, so he was my number nine. Number eight is Xavier Rhodes, uh, Marvin Jones' uh, favorite child, and. Um, Number seven is Chris Harris Jr. I know uh, Jeremy mentioned about how he may be getting um, a little bit older, but I think he can. I think he can still do it. He's still really super impressive. Um, and then I'm giving you my number six too, right? Yep. Uh, my number six is uh, this is going to be kind of surprising, um, but uh, AJ Bouye is my number six. Okay. Um, so you could have been. You could have been higher. You think Xavier Rhodes is Marvin Jones' favorite son because he abuses him? That doesn't seem like very lovable behavior. It is. Um, it's tough love. Tough love. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? No. Um, yell? Like I, I've changed this format up to see if we can actually like yell at each other more. It's like you've got a guy oh. too low or whatever. That moment is lost. Like, can you name what Ryan said as his number nine guy now? Maybe. No, you can't because you can't. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Let's hear it again. List. I know okay. it because I wrote it down. It's Patrick Peterson, 10, Akeem Tlaib, 9, Xavier Rhodes, 8. Yeah, I think, I think that's about right for Akeem Tlaib, though. So, like, I mean, again, I, I get that he's getting up there in age, but he just... No, I'm not. Just, I'm just saying this format's tough for debate when we're... Okay, okay. Five guys off at a time. Well, you've got them all written down, so why don't you be the police? Because... I'm too lazy to be the police right now. I promise we're podcasting right now. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll do different for, for, for the top the top five. But just to say, we are now seven minutes in, so that is good. We are doing good on time for once. 
actually 10 minutes in, whatever. All right, fine. Jeremy, back to you. Let's just do, why don't you just read off your five to one and you get a little longer now for each guy. Two sentences? <laughs> if you ask sure, nicely. Sure. All right. My number five, Jalen Ramsey. Not even my Ooh. highest Jaguars cornerback listed on this list mm. because of someone else that Ryan already named. Hint, hint. Jalen Ramsey, fourth in passer rating allowed last year. Seventh in catch rate, also pretty high up there on the interception list, if I'm not mistaken. Let me take a quick look. Jalen Ramsey. I don't know. Yeah, he had four. He had four. Pretty good. Half as good as Darius Slay, but pretty good. Uh, number four, Marshawn Lattimore. This is a guy who I think is a tiny bit overhyped just because of how good he was to start his career but he's still a damn good quarterback. I can't deny his accomplishments so See, far. And now I will, this is where, I mean, we're diverting from format already, but I will jump in because I wanted to seed Marshawn Lattimore on mine, but I'm definitely on that side of worrying about him being too overhyped for one rookie year. And as you'll see on mine, like, I think I'm, I think I'm here with you on a similar Jaguar situation, but what, what is there to buy into Marshawn Lattimore? Dude was the third best cornerback in terms of passer rating allowed. PFF, I think, had him very, very high as well. What was his? Yeah, he's number four in PFF. Dude's only, what, 21 years old or something? 22 years old? He's got all the skills, man. Fair he's enough. Got it all. Number three, Darius Slay. I don't think I need to justify him being on this list, dude. Slayed out last year. Finally got some ball playing skills in there. Eight eight interceptions led the league by eight in terms of pass breakups as well. Dude is killing it. And I think you're going to see a lot of change in how quarterbacks are going to play against him this year now that he's really broken out of the scene. Number two, Casey Hayward. As previously mentioned, dude is crazy. Number one PFF guy last year. 96, no, 96.4 overall grade from Casey Hayward. And, I mean, I don't know, what what else can you say about the dude? Four interceptions as well. He's just really good. He's really good. And then my number one, A.J. Bouye. Wow. Yeah. When you said it was going to be another Jaguars cornerback, I thought it was going to be D.J. Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> Bouye, six interceptions, third in the league. Number one PFF? Wait, yeah, I think. First in, first in the passer rating allowed, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, first, that's what I was thinking. First in passer rating. I was 12th in PFF's rating, but. Second in an interception rate, too, at something I think Ryan will appreciate at 6.9%. The, the tricky thing, nice. though. Thank you. The tricky thing here, though, is like when you say interceptions and passer rating, when you. The, those technically are two different stats, but passer rating is so drastically affected by interceptions. It's just kind of another way to say interceptions. Yeah, but, it's more of it's more of a combined up there with everything else. But sure, yeah. But yeah, AJ Bouye killing it on a really good defense. I think he would kill it on any kind of defense because is that the just, best secondary right now? Yeah, in the NFL, the Jaguars secondary. It, it might just be the best defense too. Really. Well, I, I mean, it. they did add Don, they did add Don Carey too. 
<laughs> the illustrious Don Carey coming to Jacksonville. Sample the fine cuisine of Jacksonville. Jacksonville. All right, my, my top five then. Number five, Patrick Peterson. As always, I insist on the goodness of the old dogs out there until you prove me wrong. So I will continue to have him on here. Number four for me, and I see him going low on some other people, and you know what? I'm willing to forgive a bad year, especially since, again, maybe got another really good year coming out of him here soon enough. Richard Sherman. He's number four. Do not ever underestimate the man scorned. Not on my list. What? Not on my list. I know. I don't care. He's on mine. Everyone's writing him off after like one and a half bad seasons, and I'm not there. He's just coming off a serious injury, man. I know. I know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I, I never would bet against Richard Sherman, but if we're talking about top five, top 10 guys that I want on my team in 2018, a guy coming off of an Achilles tear is not one of them. Don't you ever talk about him. Don't you ever talk about him. I'll talk about him. I'll talk about Marvin Harrison. You can number three, Marvin Harrison. (laughs) Number three, Jalen Ramsey. And I'm not going to mute that out. I'm going to let you dig your own grave. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey's very good. He's also a rook. He's also going to be entering his sophomore year. And I'm kind of even terrified putting him at number three, because I don't know what's going to happen. Number two, Marcus Peters. Uh, Really, 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 really good. I don't have anything else to say there. He's really good. He's probably going to be even better next year. He had a really hot start next year, and I think he's going to improve on that in 2018. Number one, I'm with Jeremy, AJ Boye. Uh-oh. What? Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is weird. All right, Ryan, what you okay. got for me? All right, well, I just finished my list. So uh, number five, I have uh, Marcus Peters. Something that I don't think any of us have really touched on yet is, um, you know, cornerbacks, obviously, their primary goal is to, you know, limit the amount of times that the receiver lined up across from them um, or in their vicinity when they're in zone coverage is to stop them from catching the ball. But, like, a couple of my guys up here, like, I prioritize, like, your ability to kind of do everything, too, though. Um, So, like, in terms of run defense, we haven't talked a whole lot about that, but Marcus Peters was – He's a pretty good run defender, and he's got great ball skills, too. So he actually graded out with an 82.2 run defense grade on Pro Football Focus, and that was 13th best among cornerbacks. So um, Peters is my number five. My number four is Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I think that kind of what we've already, Jeremy, alluded to, you know, a really high grade on PFF. Um, he was a rookie sensation. I think he's only going to get better. Um, he's the he's the star of that really talented Saints secondary. Uh, number three is Darius Slay. Uh, what 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 can't be said about him? Eight interceptions. I don't know. Over or under six interceptions this year for Darius Slay. I'm going to go probably probably under. See, here's the thing, and this is why I held it back, uh, Darius Slay, back a little bit on mine. And I know we, Jeremy and I argued about this before you came on while we've been sitting here in the lobby here. But the one thing that puts Slay back in my eyes is that, uh, you know, he had a good interception rate. He had a good passer rating allowed, but I think he was like 28th in yards per game. He allowed like 43 yards per game. And Jeremy will say, well, how many times is he getting targeted over there? But I thought the narrative 
we have been going on was they're throwing away from Darius Slay. So honestly, in the uh, fog of war that are stats, I don't know, but I'm just kind of curious, like what, 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 like if we, besides the interceptions, because you say here, Brian, you look for the full picture. What, what is it for Darius Slay for you? Is it the interceptions or is it just a full package? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, he also, you know, uh, you know, the eight interceptions are great, but he had 34 pass deflections too. I mean, that, that was, um, I believe that was tops in the NFL, right? Yep. It's gotta be up there. Yeah. By eight. No one was within eight. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, in terms of passes defended and interceptions, I mean, nobody's, nobody's doing it better than, than Darius Slay. And then add into the fact that I think he's, he's a really sound tackler. Like he's not a guy who, you know, he's not like the Deion Sanders of the world who Deion Sanders is incredible in his own right. But Deion Sanders would also say like, you know, I'm not tackling anybody. My shoulders aren't for tackling. You know, that you're making, you're making business decisions there. But like Darius Slay, I mean, he's a, he's a solid sound tackler who, I mean, any, any qualms about that? Nope. That was his, your yeah. number three, right? That was my number three. Yep. Uh, my number two is uh, Jalen Ramsey which makes my number one Casey Hayward. I'm <laughs> disappointed in your own list. No, I just can't, I can't believe that Bouye was number one for both you guys. Is there a reason I mean, you I, have Ramsey over Bouye? Uh, just because I think that Ramsey's really going to take that second year leap this year. Like, I mean, I, it, or not second year leap, the, the third year. Yeah. Um, I mean, j- just, you know, playing, Playing two seasons and especially, you know, having a, I think, I think he seems like a guy who he's very competitive. And I think that getting to the precipice and, and getting all the way to, you know, the AFC championship game, I think that like, that's only going to motivate him even more. And I think that he's, he's a guy who just, he, he, he shuts down other teams like top, top receivers. Like, and, but I mean, you can kind of say that about any of the guys like near the top of our list. Right. So I, at the end of the day, I think you're almost kind of like splitting hairs with a lot of these guys. Oh, like no, I think, I think yeah. definitely not a lot of difference between one and eight on my list. I would say Everyone I would say one rest. to ten in my list. Like I included Patrick Robinson because he stood out to me as like a slot corner in particular as just a nickel player in particular. But just like besides that, I can't really find much separation for any of these guys. Uh, it's it's, it's funny. Difficult. That- yeah, well, this is the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, because you, we mentioned Casey Hayward a bit, but, like, I've seen some lists include the person playing opposite him, Trevor Williams, as well. Like, it's more, and I mean, we both, a lot of us have both Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye on here, so it's like, it's more like units right now. And that's, well, that's the thing, like, too. yeah, cornerback stats are highly dependent on how the supporting cast is performing right like yeah if one of your cornerbacks is locking down one of the other wide receivers you're going to get targeted a lot which means you could get a lot of interceptions and breakdown pass knockdowns or you might give up a ton of yards you might also get a ton of interceptions because your front four is generating a bunch of pressure forcing bad throws so yeah, it's yeah. kind of a, it's kind of a paradigm shift whereas it's like okay it's trying to get it to your number one but all of a sudden you know a few years ago the rise of these great cornerbacks suddenly it means like okay well where where can we throw if to get away from that number one corner? And now the war has kind of caught up and now it's like, okay, well now we need to have two good corners. Right. So. And, and I mean, yeah. we can, we can pretend all we want, but we haven't watched extensive film on all these guys because guess what? You watch the TV version 
you're, you don't even get to see the cornerbacks for 90% of the play. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like going, the balls going towards them, you're not seeing them. Right. And so, you know, we can, we can pretend all we want that we've all watched the all 22 of all 10 of these guys. We haven't, but you know, based on the metrics we have, based on what we have seen of these guys, all these guys are very close to each other. And all these guys have the potential to be top 10 guys, or maybe they drop out for a year. Quarterback position is so flimsy. And I think a lot of times we get hung up on like single plays. Like if Darius Slay gets beat for one big play, like a couple of years ago, he had that bad game against Denver and, and Peyton Manning on a well, Sunday night football. And everyone's like, yeah, Darius Slay is trash. Yeah. Darius Slay is trash. He's trash. It's just those big plays stick in your head because they're big plays, but every quarterback in the league gets beat. Every corner back in the league. So it, it, it's it, just who who happens to do it the, the least and who happens to make it the, the the amount of plays on their own are the guys that stick out. And that's why I think Darius Slay was so high on both you and I's list outside of the fact that we're both Detroit Lions fans. I think that's it for our list cast. Jeremy, you should be posting these. Actually, no, wait, don't post them because then people won't listen to the, to the podcast. I never post them. I just keep them I for know. blackmailing purposes. Pretty much. Do we even have, speaking of that, we should go through our faux pas from last year. Next time. I'd have to pull up my old computer, but yep. Pretty much. Well, we're taking a break right now because we're over time. We're going right back to the Wayback Machine this week. Ooh, it's not a pretty one. We'll be right back. way back machine someone's gonna eventually make a theme for us like that trying to use my voice something i don't know if you had told me in a vacuum that matthew stafford would throw for 100 and 130 more yards than drew Brees, i would say the lions are winning that game right i'm right (laughs) lions 38 New Orleans Saints 52. And I think we've been alluding to this game for probably since the start we have the Wayback Machine on where is the point where you realize the Lions just aren't going the distance in 2017. And I think, Ryan, you you said it was this game for you. Like, without a doubt, this was it that broke you. Yeah. I mean, how could this game not break you? This was the longest, like, I mean, it was a long game. Like, it was what? It was like a four and a half hour game. It was a long. very long game. Like this is this is why you don't watch like Washington State football while Mike Leach is the head coach because the downside of oh, these guys throwing the ball all the time means the games go insanely long. I learned that from college football, and I started seeing it here, and I'm like, okay, no, I've seen this before. This yeah, is gonna be ratchet. Yeah, and, and who knows actually how long this game was, right? But like, it, it just felt like the longest game because there were so many, so many emotions evoked from one <laughs> football game. There was ninety points scored in this game. Yep, twelve touchdowns. Holy yeah, God. yeah. This well, game. I mean, whew. but again, I want to address the the issue is that again, Matt Stafford outgains Drew Brees by over a hundred yards. And it's like, okay, well, then what happened? And then you see the rest of the stats. Stafford threw three interceptions. Drew Brees threw two. But then also helping out the Saints was Mark Ingram running for over 110 yards in this game. 
Alvin Kamara almost adding 100 to vote his own. 75. 75, yeah, 75 yards from Alvin Kamara as well. So on the ground, nearly 200 yards for the New Orleans Saints, which that's the difference right there. You want to talk about well-rounded on offense? Saints having 200, about the same number of yards on the ground as they did through the air. Whereas Stafford throwing 300 yards in the air. And let's check Detroit's rushing here. Oh, only about 60. Yeah. I mean, the Saints outgained the Lions in this game, despite Matthew Stafford almost throwing for 200 more yards. Yep. Pretty much. And I think we just lost Ryan accidentally. So he will keep wrangling with this while we talk about this game. I'm going to keep, I'm going to go up with what Ryan was saying while we're waiting for him to get back. Like this, this game was deflating in so many ways in the same way that I believe we saw from the Carolina game, the come from behind we saw in this game, uh, it, it, it was like what? 31 to 10 at halftime. Yep. It was bad. It was, it was really even bad. worse later. It was 45 to 10. Right, yeah, at least at least in the case of the Panthers for about a week, people would like be like, oh, but they almost came back and stole it from Carolina. In this case, no, it just well, no, Lions they, put up no, more effort and just got... They what? absolutely came close to coming back in this game too. It was insane. They had the ball down seven with five minutes left in this game. The second play of the drive, pick six. And, yeah, pick six, and then in the next drive, another interception. Yeah. Well, at that point, like, they had just gotten desperate. And I don't know, This the most frustrating part of this entire game was the pass deflections. Mm-hmm. So many batted balls at the line of scrimmage. In total, inclu- and this includes, you know, just regular passes defended. The Saints had 16 passes defended in this entire game. 16! I would say the average for a game is, like, five, six. They had ten more than that. Yep. The Lions' offensive line was clearly in shambles by this game. Stafford sacked five times. He also, I think, fumbled the ball a couple times, too. So, Lions had five turnovers in this game. Five turnovers to the Saints, to the Saints. I mean, the Lions made it easy on the Saints just by how disastrous this offense was early in the game with all the turnovers, with all the sacks, with all the batted balls. It was cuckoo. And then somehow the Lions worked their way back into the game. I don't think anyone at that point thought the Lions were actually going to win the game, even though they had the ball down a score with five minutes left. But bad things were happening in this game, and I was I was out of it. Like, I, I was just like, I even when they were coming back, I'm just like, this is such a stupid game. I hate everything about this game. I hate our offensive line. I hate Drew Brees. <laughs> I hate our run defense. It was just a stupid game and a really frustrating way to go into the bye week, too. Can I just say this, too? Because looking at the theme we've had here on the losses so far with the Lions, because I think the New Orleans game did break people from this idea that they should be record X when looking at this. But as you say, Jeremy, it was close going into the end, too. And I would I would argue there, like, is that basically the main difference between 2016 and 2017? You know, we talked about it all through 2016. It's like, how many more close games like this, these come from behinds, can the Lions have? And our answer that season was, well, quite a few of them. Yeah. And in this no. case, in 2017, it's, oh, you can't keep doing that. Absolutely. And that's what we were warned of all offseason, right? It's like, 
Well, yep. the Lions were eight and four or something in one possession games in 2016. Like that's going to regress to the mean. Most of the time, like you can say Matthew Stafford's great in the fourth quarter, and he absolutely is, but it eventually catches up to you. Like you, you, you put yourself in all these high, high pressure situations where there is zero, zero room for leniency in terms of playing perfect. And Matthew Stafford can't play perfect all the time in the fourth quarter. Just not going to happen. And so, yeah, I think it absolutely did catch up with them this year against Atlanta, like you said, against Carolina and against New Orleans. And we're going to see it happen a couple more times this season too. Yeah. And just, I, I, I don't know what really to do too, when it's like, okay, you get put in these situations where he has to play perfect that late in the game too. I mean, at one point this game, like he threw an interception that made the game 45 to 10. It was around that time where I was thinking, why is he still playing? Yeah, that's that's a good I forgot about that storyline. There was basically everyone else on Twitter was like, why is Matthew Stafford still playing down 35 points? Well, he's playing because the in the NFL, like, yeah, no, it could be like 100 to 10 and they would still be playing Matt Stafford because that's what happens in the NFL. No one puts in the backups. No one throws in the towel. Like, people just keep, they keep doing it because they're all dumb, whatever. But we're well, getting we'll frustrated. Context matters. Yeah. He was getting but hit pretty well, too. He was. All that is definitely true. But in retrospect, like, Matthew Stafford had the ball in his hands with five minutes to go down seven. Yeah. Because Matthew Stafford was in the game. And, and I think, I mean, I think that it was a pure stroke of dumb luck that that even happened when you have a game where sure. A'shaun Robinson has a pick six yeah. and Agnew has a 74-yard punt, you know, uh, punt return for a touchdown. Yep. That's so, true. like... Yeah, and in a way, but, really, Stafford did not orchestrate the comeback all that much now no. that you're bringing that up. <laughs> He did. Right. I mean, they and scored then, two and touchdowns. They got them within three scores, and then yeah, then came the punt return touchdown. Then came Ashawn's pick six. But yeah, yeah. So moving. I, I, go on. Just real quick. I, I, I was. My point was that you know Stafford was in there. Yeah, Jeremy. Five minutes left. Whether or not he orchestrated it, you know, it seems like you know at the end of the day they may have made the right decision. But I still thought that was one of the worst decisions that Jim Caldwell has ever made. Like as a Lions coach, like mm. I mean, there there have been a few of them. Just I wait truly till we think get to the Bengals game. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the Bengals game. But I, I'm just saying that, like in, in this season, like it, it, like this irked me a lot. Like it really bothered me, just because Greg Robinson got hurt, Rick Wagner got hurt, Emmett Clear. Like it, it was yeah. getting to the point where they weren't going to have any offensive linemen to come into the game. It's true. Yep. So that brings us into other parts of this team as you said this was a game with a lot of injuries there that just like this is this is where the offensive line starts to break down and you can definitely see it because as i said matt stafford he got sacked five times in this game meanwhile another narrative coming up because drew Brees was perfect from the pocket didn't get touched at all this game yep and i mean we were worried about it all off season. This is one thing that I think Lions fans got right is just where's the pass rush going to f- come from? And with Kerry Hyder getting the preseason injury and Zeke Alonza being on again, off again, the Lions just didn't have a guy that could rush the passer. And by this point in the season, we also have Haloti Nadagon, so we're not getting, you know, a, a guy clogging up the middle. And yeah, I mean, what like 
our hopes are rest on Anthony Zettel at this point. And I know you love him, Chris, but he's he's never going to be the consistent pass rusher that this team needs. No, and I no, think this wasn't a good season. game for the boy. <laughs> no, it was really just like Ashawn Robinson out there. That that was it for the for the Lions defensive line, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if we're if we're in a time machine, I know it goes backwards, but uh, the time machine—if we want to move it forwards, like what much has changed about the Lions' defensive line? Like this is still, I think, a legitimate concern that I think a lot of Lions fans should have. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like this is why this is why I can't, you know, this is why I put out the prediction that I did, and it's why that as many as much as people talk about, you know, the changes that. Matt Patricia might bring he's it's the groceries still look pretty pretty stale they still look a little uh brown on the edges so I don't know how how well you can mix up uh you you can't I mean you can make a roux but when you're gonna start putting vegetables into this gumbo I'm not sure how that's gonna look I'm just saying what else about this Saints game uh Marvin Jones and Golden Tate both they this was the game this was the first game where they actually got like equal equal amount of uh production i would say both about close to 100 yards receiving this became a thing too didn't it like we kept waiting for i think marvin jones or golden tate one of the two to break 100 no no the amir abdullah was the one doing that with that's right sorry uh-huh. ignore me this this was kind of like the breakout game for marvin jones though because yeah prior to this he hadn't had more than 54 yards in a game and I think this is where the peak of maybe we paid Marvin Jones too much. How are we going to get out of this contract next year? Talk started. But he hits 96 games in this game with a score. And spoiler alert, he only has less than 85 yards in a game three more times the rest of the season. So this was kind of the that, start. made that ridiculous touchdown catch too. That's right. Oh, this was this like he did a spinning thing or something? I can't remember. Yeah, this was the one that was in the oh, like one-handed one-handed in the end zone, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um yeah, so like that cat like two catches that stand out are this one and obviously the um Chicago the too Bears. many men on the field. No, the too many men on the field against oh. Minnesota. Oh, the Chicago Bears. Good, good too though. Yeah, that's a good one too, but I mean, well, Tate got hurt in this game. Remember, he had a shoulder oh, injury. Right. He didn't. He didn't come back in. Uh, Glover right. Quinn had the, Glo- Glover oh, Quinn had my. the concussion. God, that's right. This game was horrible. This is why this, I this know, game this, was. This was game was from hell. Yeah. Oh my, this yeah, was like we the house. All... This was the House of Horrors game. Yeah. That's that's crazy that I forgot all that because yeah, Ian Rappaport. There's no way this guy's Golden Tate's going to be out at least three or four weeks. He plays the next game, right? Or does he sit one out? Uh, no, well, I mean, he, he had the bye six, week, so I, I think, yeah, he, yeah, so he had the bye week and he came back. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, played and, in and Glover Quinn's injury was scary as hell, and I think we were all certain that that dude was not going to come back even with the, the bye week, and he did too, but yeah, I this game just got progressively worse as the game went on, even when the Lions were making that comeback. It, it didn't really feel good. It felt no. No, it felt felt like fool's gold. Like, that's the difference. Like, when the Lions had a chance to come from behind in 2016, it felt real. Every time they tried coming from behind in 2017, it felt just, it it felt earthsat. It felt false. It felt like that it's just not going to happen. It it, it felt like, okay, this is going to take a Lions fan Coke dream to be a thing. That's why I wanted Stafford to be on the bench. Sounds like everybody else is getting hurt. 
Let's not yeah, have you, him. You were just worried about the juju at that point. Yeah, like it was bad. It was New Orleans voodoo going on down there. Bad. <laughs> no good. Which, which was a total, which was a total like 180 from last year. Because do you remember the the Saint the Saints game the year prior the to this? Was, them. Yeah, it was it was the most complete game I think I'd seen the Lions play ever. <laughs> it was it was it was, the, it was like one of the only games last year that actually felt like consistent start to finish in a good way for the Lions. Oh like, yeah, all the wins had been come from behind, and all the losses had just been pretty well resounding thuds as the Lions machine broke down. But this, that, that Saints game in 2016 was the first time where it's like, okay, the Lions are winning wire to wire. They might be able to actually do that. And that was the only time they did it that season. It was literally the only time they did it. But they did it at a time where it was like, it was later in the season and me thinking like, all right, good. And also, I was leaving for Punta Cana the next day too. So that was probably why it helped. A, but very, like, bless, a very blessed time for the POD cast. I must say. <laughs> a very blessed time. But it, it's just so weird how, because it, it seemed like, Maybe they kind of exercise some of those like, you know, demons by going down to New Orleans and playing a really good football game. And then this game happens and it's like, I never want to go to New Orleans ever again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Lions had actually won two in a row up until that point. They did. They did because yeah. they had another close. They, in 2015, they had a close, another close. It was, I think it was a close game in the Superdome like the year prior. I mean, 2015. Yeah. But they won that one. Yeah. I just remember that was the one where uh, Stafford did the Ray Lewis dance in the post game. That's, that was right. A, that's that was right. That was Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it, like you said, it, it felt like the Lions had kind of lifted that curse because obviously the the Saints handed them their first playoff loss in in ten years back in 2011 in an ugly game, pretty convincingly. In yeah, in a pretty convincing manner and. New Orleans just seemed unbeatable on the road for a while there in the Superdome. And the fact that the Lions had won two in a row was like, okay, we got this now. Like, this is a team we can finally beat on the road. And then last year happened, and it's like, oh, it's still hard to win there. There's still some weird shit voodoo going on in New Orleans. And well, it wasn't now, even just weird. It's just, it's just, it's, it was just weird. It's, I mean, it was bizarre, but at the same time, the Lions just got beat. They just got beat. They got beat real bad. They got beat so bad on the ground. I let Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara run all over them. They got beat so bad on the pass rush to let Drew Brees sit unmolested in the pocket to throw for 20 out of 30 to complete two, two out of three ain't bad, as, as, as respected Meatloaf would say. They, they, got, they were in a position where they didn't need to force Drew Brees to throw to beat them. They got beat. As I said, this was a 45 to 10 game at one point. And that's, that's why, you know, you can say it looks close, but every other indicator just looked like this was a team that did not belong on the same field as the new Orleans saints. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's weird though. I mean, when, when a Lions team that had been so careful with the ball throughout 2016 and, and really most of 2017, when they have five turnovers in the game, something wacky's happened. And I, I don't think the talent disparity between these two teams was as big as the, the score deficit was for most of this game. But you, you're not wrong in the fact that the Saints wiped the floor with them on this, on this day. No. Matt Prater missed a field goal, too, just adding to the juju. Wacky game. Yep. All right, let's get out of the wayback machine. Do-do-do, 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 do-do-do. Present day, 2018. 
Oh, you all know like I say we read some mailbag questions. I just want to say, though, uh, we're skipping the bye week, obviously, next time we go in the Wayback Machine. Pittsburgh's coming up, though. That's not going to feel good either. <laughs> Thankfully, after that, we get some home cooking, but I think it's home cooking with big asterisks next, next to it because I'm looking at what's coming up. Like Chicago, yeah, you can feel good about that. We own the Bears, but I mean, I don't mm. Can I even bring up Green Bay after the week Lions fans have been having on Twitter and on our own PrideDetroit.com website? That'll be two weeks in the future. Things will change, right? Between then and now? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't think so. I, all I'll say is that like, I tried to explain it, and my tweets became fodder for Packers Twitter. And uh, Congrats, inter- you're, you're a Packers fan now. I guess, maybe, I don't know. Oh, you just admitted it. You hear that? No wonder we're getting all these bad reviews. You're Do we have more bad reviews? No, we don't, actually. Okay, thank God. <laughs> it's more my bit, though, is just to act flustered when we get bad reviews. I don't really care about them. Anyway, we're out of the way back, machine. Let's move on to the mailbag. Short POD cast this week. Coming up next, your questions. Tears run down from my eyes, Lord. Somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Somebody to love. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. Somebody to love. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in fresh and often. We will read them as many as possible as long as they catch our eye or maybe do something different for us either about the Lions or about anything else, anything else in the world you want to ask, we will try to honor it. Jeremy, we always start with the, with the reviews, though, and I make you read them for purposes that I do not know myself. But we've just got into this habit, and we keep doing it, so please read our reviews. It's to give the people a voice, whether it's a good voice or a bad voice. And I wasn't completely honest with you last segment. We do have a review. It is four stars. Uh, it is not completely complimentary, but but let's get into it. See, that's the thing is like I we're we're grading on I I grade ourselves on like the Uber and Lyft scale. So anything less than a five stars feels like <laughs> feels just like, like an F. A damnation. <laughs> well, this one is from the volcano. He says, pretty solid. A four stars says, been listening for a while and is definitely one of the best lines podcasts out there. One thing preventing me from giving it a fifth star <laughs> is the fact that one of the hosts is close to unbearable to listen to. Don't want to hurt feelings and say who. Cheers and go Lions. Well, Jeremy, the people have spoken. You've got to go. All right. You (laughs) voted me off the island. (laughs) You are the weakest link. Oh, wow. We are pulling all early 2000s reference. Jesus. Just want to keep Some Regis Regis Philbin who wants to be a millionaire. You want to phone a friend, Jeremy? (laughs) Uh, I'll just 
dial up TRL. See, I don't, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> What's our next review? That was it. We only got one this week. Ooh. Well. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I'm mostly saying interesting so I can keep dig up our questions, which I just had here. And now they're gone. All right, here we go. Let's start with this one. We have this one from Mike Holman actually almost about a week ago. This, we got this one before our last uh, POD cast recording, but I f- failed to read it. I apologize. And now we shall read it now. And this, I mean, I, I want to do this one because I can actually answer some of this, but he asks us, what are your favorite original Xbox games? Maybe top five. Now for the sake of a list cast, and I don't, I don't know who, who all, I had an original Xbox. Any of you guys have original Xbox? You did as well. Wow. No, I didn't. I was PS, PS and PlayStation and a Dreamcast. All, all about that life at that time. You were the, you were the Dreamcast boy. You were the sad boy with the Dreamcast. Oh, the extremely happy boy. Anyone who had a Dreamcast will tell you that they were not sad. You were happy for like about a year, and then all of a sudden it's you got discontinued, and now then you you can't tell me you were happy after that. Well, no, then I traded up for a PS2, but (laughs) only because they stopped making games. I think Dreamcast owners are some of the most excitable gamers that I've ever seen. They they were very happy with that system. I will say there was there was a couple of Dreamcast was one of those systems where it's like there was a game I was looking for it. That was only in Japan, but they were, it was, I remember this game because it was like a mobile suit Gundam game and, but it was only in Japan. And I just know there was a store in Toledo that did imports and like really bad, like fan dubs over it or something. And I was trying to find it so I could play it on Dreamcast. (laughs) Jeremy, weren't you a Shenmue player? Absolutely. Yeah. Shenmue. I, I had the little thing that you put in the middle of the Dreamcast controller that like, if you're playing NBA, whatever, it would, it would like say stuff it'd like say boom shakalaka on it when you slam dunked and stuff like that. Isn't that, isn't that that window for like the, the, the Sonic games? There was like a little Tamagotchi type thing yeah, yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Anyway, to his question, the original X, yeah. Original Xbox games. Uh, what's your favorite here, Ryan? Uh, it, it might be my favorite game of all time, but Halo two. Halo like two is so good. Yeah. Like, it was it was a perfect game. Like, like I feel like, yeah. I feel like it's it's. I mean, the reason that it does, dude, it, it it holds up well today. Like it's just like it's like the pinnacle of like first person shooters. I think All yeah, I, I, I agree there. Like everything in there from like the level design, I thought they improved on from from Halo. They they definitely improved on the guns from Halo One. They definitely yeah. improved on the multiplayer from Halo One. Oh, dude, uh, Halo Two multiplayer. I, Oh my God. Dude, getting that sword. People used to complain all the time about that sword, but that sword was a game changer. But that kind of set, yeah, that did set the bar there. And even on the single player, like I thought that was the sweet spot where Halo's story was the best, right before it went just like completely stupid on you. Right. <laughs> it, it, it was really good. They had a really good model in two mm-hmm. with with everything there, switching between Master Chief and the Arbiter and all the rest. Yep, adding adding more vehicles too, like being able to drive the ghosts and and driving the Warthog and and gunning on the Warthog and sitting and just, passenger. Just, yeah. yeah, just the Arbiter, just having David uh, David uh, David Johnson was no, that's not his name. Um, Is it David Cross. No, 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 no. I, 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 he's in like every video game. Oh, now. yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's yeah, the I, he's the voice of the president on uh, Rick and Morty. 
Yeah, no, he's just, he's everywhere now, but that was like his first big breakthrough role was the Arbiter. Yeah, yeah, Halo 2 is great. I mean, what was what was your favorite game on the original so, Xbox? Was, um, it the, was, it the, uh, was it the Catwoman game? <laughs> no, it was not the Catwoman game. No. The thing about the original Xbox is that there are some games on there that were really niche because PlayStation 2 just put a stranglehold on the console. Xbox really didn't come into its own until the next generation. Yeah, where it actually has, was where it yeah was where it hit its stride. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into 360, baby. <laughs> but I think my favorite. So it's a it's a it's a moderately obscure game, as befitting of me. But it was called Phantom Crash. It was a Japanese game where you went into an arena with a little kind of hovercraft robot, and you would just blow stuff up. It was repetitive. The boss fights were hard as hell but it had a just amazing soundtrack to it of just some really cool, just kind of Japanese rock right before it got, that was like in that kind of vein where I mean, I'm going to show some of my weeb side, but like it was, it was kind of in that fully coolie type of like really good kind of underground stuff. Uh, the story was really odd. It was, it was like some weird post-apocalyptic Japan where everyone was just running around in Shibuya terminal with these robots, just blowing each other up. But there were these AIs modeled after animals and stuff. And this is the most Chris game I've ever heard in my entire it's, it's life. It's really, if you can, f I wish I could say go find it on emulator, but I don't know if there is an Xbox emulator. But the big thing and why it's called Phantom Crash is that you could go invisible, like with, with the robots. And that was the big thing is that you and the AI spent most of the game like invisible. And if you caught someone out in the open, you could blow them up in two seconds. But it, it was tense and it was exciting. And besides that, like, maybe is it too much of a cop out? I said my second favorite was probably the Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, 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 port sub subsistence or whatever the fuck it was called. On um, they did one for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so, was, uh, it was substance. Yeah, yeah, it was substance. It was Metal Gear Solid 2 plus some like VR mode missions. Chris, I just want to know how we can get you to talk this enthusiastically about football. I talk this enthusiastically about football. You absolutely do not. <laughs> just not always talk about the Lions. I don't know. It just it's, here's the thing: is like I've been doing this for a few years now, and as I've been finding out with my brain, like after a while, I get tired of talking about the same thing every now and then. And I just need to switch things up. And I don't talk about if I talk about video games every day, I would probably be a little less enthused because I would have gotten these stories out already. But this is only the first question, and we are now eight minutes in, so we should move on <laughs> to the next thing. I would love to do a video game podcast, though. I bet they don't have any of those yet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Mike, okay, hold up. Armchair Boehm 3, who I'm surprised I'm actually getting this question because I thought this guy just speaks purely through memes by the way he has interacted with me in the past. Who would win in an armchair, in an arm wrestling competition a. Sean Robinson or Devin Kennard? A. Sean Robinson. Yeah, is anyone not like I can't? It's A. Sean. It's my big beautiful boy. I can't pick. Would you? Would you? Would you ever bet? Would you ever bet against A. Sean in anything? No. no, 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 no. He's big. I'm. I'm just afraid that he would somehow hear this and and like stare me to death because his stare is so scary alone. <laughs> that yeah, he he wins. No one can beat him in an arm wrestling contest. No I'm gonna, beat. I'm gonna get his jersey. I'm just gonna get Ashawn's jersey at this point. I don't care if it just says Robinson. I think 
think it's the right move. You should get a, you should get you should get Ashan on the back of it though. That, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we should have first names. Did you see the NFL like turn down someone? I forget his name now, but he has like he is actually an MD, but they won't allow him to put MD on the back of his jersey. Yeah, his name is Laurent Duvernay Tardif. He wanted to add MD to the jersey, but of course, the NFL sticking with their strict policy for no good reason. Who does he play for? Was it the Chiefs? Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got he's got a medical degree. That's hard. You should be able to put it on there. They let have Tate Tate run around as Tate the third. For juniors or seniors? What why the hell not at MD? I feel like they think it's a slippery slope, but I don't see it that way. Yeah, if we get yeah, someone well, a slippery slope for what though? Like what 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 other like titles are people gonna I mean maybe hopefully what, we'd what get if- some like sirs. I was I was gonna say if we get some like English guy Englishman who comes over and he's like a really good football player and he's like order of the British Empire, you better be allowed to put like S O B E on the back or something. <laughs> if he gets knighted, he should absolutely be, you know, Fauntleroy O B E or whatever is on the his last name is. I don't know. Ryan Collins at Shafty Von Hack, is there such a thing as light beer that doesn't taste like water? Yeah, it's called Miller Light. Yeah, baby. Miller Latte. Uh, that was the thing. Now, but I can't do Miller Light. I, I'll do it, but I will say, when Ryan first dropped it on me that he calls it Miller Latte, that was the weirdest thing to happen, and I'm still, <laughs> like, bugged out by still it. Still shook? Yeah, like, it just, it, 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 feels, it feels weird. It feels like suddenly, it just, for whatever reason, I'm just like, it just, ugh, the, the vision of it disgusts me. Plenty of those in uh, plenty of those in my future Wednesdays for trivia. Reisman gets back. Yep. Hamza asking us your takes on whether college athletes, football players in particular, should get paid. Oh boy! Well, there goes the rest of our podcast. Go ahead, Chris. Sure. Why not? I don't know. I don't know at this point, man. I don't know. Like it, it feels like there's no new ground for us to tread in that regard. Um, I really wanted to a- answer this, but I've just, I don't know. I, I don't have a, a, a pie-in prepared, so we're just going to leave it there. Uh, Ty Finch. I saw a guy microwaving a Pop-Tart at work the other day and questioned humanity. I guess this isn't a question per se, but it has the word in it. I guess a question would be, what is the worst way you've ever seen a good food be ruined, i.e. ketchup on steak? Ooh, that's a really good question. That is a good question. Well, hold on. We got we to discount everything Alex Reno does because that would be too, <laughs> too easy of an answer here if I used any example of what Alex does. Uh, um, yeah. I, I have an answer. I, I think I, don't, I may have talked about this on a previous podcast, but I have a friend who, uh, who put sugar in his, his spaghetti. Oh God, that's right. I think I remember this. Yes. And I yeah. was like as an as an Italian American, just incredibly grossed out. Just yeah. I mean like like I want to take this this audio clip and send it to like Italians, the Twitter account Italians mad at food. <laughs> and it's if you guys recall, like it's not just like, you know, if he has like a bottle of like or you know, if he has, you know, marinara sauce and uh, you know, noodles, but like it, it's like all things that are like noodles plus pasta sauce. So like spaghettios that gets sugar. Jesus. Um, yeah, like it just the first time I ever saw it, like I, I, I almost lost my mind. 
Like I almost like went over and grabbed the bag. Like, what are you doing? Like, do you think that's salt? Like what's going on? I've got a slightly, I've got an answer in here. I don't want, I don't want to say it's the worst thing that's happened, but it is a sibling story. So my sister and I, uh, back when we were growing up in Toledo, and this speaks to kind of our culinary taste, I guess, but we loved Olga's, Olga's Kitchen. You know, the shitty, the shitty uh, Birmingham, Michigan Euros. Yeah. The, the legit Greek restaurant. <laughs> but that was our first, like, that was our first encounter with Euros was through Olga's. And I liked their bread because it was nice and sweet. It was yogurt sauce. And when I was a lot younger, the yogurt sauce there did not offend me as much as tzatziki. So I just grew up on it and I kind of made my own stuff. But she wouldn't eat the Euro meats at Olga's. She would get the three cheese Olga's. I got that as a kid every time. Hold up. But hold up. But then she would get them and then she would take like half of the cheese out of them because she thought there was too much. There was too much. Looking back on it, if I were to look at a three cheese ogre right now, I don't think I could eat it. There was way too much cheese. That was just a pile of grease on some bread. Oh, I... yeah. And it was literally dripping with grease, too. Like, if you oh, just yeah. it, you could have, like, filled a 12-ounce fountain drink with it. So, yeah, it's not the worst thing, because as you say, Jeremy, there's a reason to get rid of that much of the three cheese put there, but just... I mean, she would she would start off with like the we'd start off with the snackers too, and those things are great. Although, actually, you want to ruin those snackers. You do what she does, which basically scrape off all the spices from them. So just you know, yeah. cooked bread bits. <laughs> we did terrible things at Olga's. Terrible, terrible things. I still miss it though. I'm trying to think what I mean. The right answer is ketchup on steak. That's an atrocity. Like that's an act of war to me. But I think I think I go with patting the pizza with a napkin. I don't I really don't like that move. Oh god, no, no, never do that. Never ever and don't don't use a fork either. I don't care about that as long as the pizza's going into you. But if you're if you're making the commitment to get a pizza and it's greasy, what do you like who are you fooling by patting it with a napkin? But you just got done condoning taking out grease from a three cheese Olga. No, I didn't. I didn't say you should take out the grease. I'm just saying I like back then I wouldn't have taken out the cheese. Now I just wouldn't order it. But if I would, I'd probably take out some of the cheese. That's okay. It. Fair enough. N.E. Shaw asking us, do you consider yourselves Michiganders, Michiganians or trolls? People Ganders. call it Michiganders trolls because I'd like to be called a troll. You guys have been called a troll plenty of times. I think I'm the only person who's allowed to answer this question, considering both of you two are Cali boys. So, I mean, uh, in Michigan now, so you're wrong. Uh, well, where are you physically right now? And where have you been physically for the past however many years? Laying on the floor. <laughs> oh, this <laughs> got sad. Like, uh, <laughs> like like Nadia, George Michael. Natalie and Is that the right person? Natalie, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm so lost. Tony Hawk's doing? Underground. Who sings Torn? Is it Natalie and Brulia? I think it is. Next question from Paul Jerema. What do you guys think of the Weezer cover of Africa? Now, this came out a little bit ago, but we didn't. I don't think we've answered this question yet. We have not answered this question yet. It's bad. Yeah, you can speak for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> it's go ahead. Bad. It's real bad. 
See, like I wanted you to answer that, Jeremy, because I think my bias against Weezer is pretty well known. So I'm glad to hear it coming from you. I mean, they didn't do anything to really change it. And that's what you're supposed to do with a cover. You don't just rehash it because then it just sounds like nothing different. And I don't know. I don't know. I've I've been very cold on Weezer ever since Ratitude, which was just a god awful album. Yeah, I agree with you that you got to change it up. And maybe it's just because I've been listening to some of my country stations and I've been listening to a lot of Johnny Cash and I've been going through those like uh, the American albums he does, like American three, four, five, which he was like, he was made, he made, the, he put out those albums like after he knew that he only had like a year or two to live, but he would do covers in there. Like he did a cover of Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus and Desperado. And I think he even did like a, a Nirvana cover in there as well. but. That's exactly what I want to hear. I want to hear like Johnny Cash putting a folk spin on personal Jesus and hurt. That's a cover. What was a worse cover? This one by Weezer or Taylor Swift covering September by Earth, Wind and Fire? Oh God. <laughs> I. Th- those are awful for two very different reasons. I feel like, but they're both equally awful. It's it's Taylor Swift. It's, it's it got to be Taylor, be Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah, yeah. Because she made it her own, but she also made it the worst song in the world. Did uh, okay, but the other cover I really like is the man who so- sold the world, David Bowie. But I love the Nirvana cover. It's probably one of the only Nirvana songs I really enjoy. But the, I mean, he didn't. They didn't really do too much different with that, though. But I know how you feel about that. I don't know that one. Sorry. Really? That was like the best thing they ever did on him. That was like the MTV Unplugged song was Nirvana's cover of that. I'm not a big Nirvana fan. Okay. Neither am I. JJ2672. How about that German goal on Saturday? What were your thoughts on that game and that goal? So for those who don't, who weren't watching the World Cup, Germany was down to 10 men in like what? The final minute of that game against, uh, who are they playing again? Shit. I don't remember. Cut this and <laughs> No, I'm not I don't want to do cuts. I'm I'm gonna look this up real quick. The problem with the World Cup is that it just moves so fast that I just keep forgetting. Okay, oh Sweden, Sweden. So right. yeah, it was one one and Germany had gotten it they it was they were playing ten on eleven. So power play to Sweden, I guess. And they score the goal in like stoppage time to go ahead. And it was a rocket of a goal. Is no one else watching World Cup? Is it just me? No, I watched. That was the one that was like a set piece, right? Like, yeah, he set it up, and then he like did a little tap to his buddy who stopped the ball, and then he kicked it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really exciting way to describe that play. He kicked it. Yeah, the other thanks. guy stopped him, and then he kicked it in. No, that was I was I was watching live when that happened. I I screamed out loud, which I very rarely do during soccer, and it was exciting. And yeah, like this was Germany's last chance, right? Like they were in danger of getting knocked out of the, uh, the, the stage round or the group round. I hate, I hate Germany in the world cup because they do shit like this. Well, maybe, maybe they'll screw up later. They didn't start. No, out they won't. So well. no, no. What, what happens after this is they put up another touchdown on Brazil and just laugh their way to the finals. Uh, it's what's going to happen again. Cause that's, that's what they always do. 
and it's so annoying. And the only comfort I have is that Italy cannot get embarrassed by them this year because Italy isn't in the goddamn World Cup. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday, so go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include... Doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.